Welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast with author, leadership expert, and co-founder of the Daniel Center of Leadership, Marcus Benjamin. At the Daniel Center, our vision is to develop and deploy godly leaders, and you fit that description. Here's Marcus for today's message. want to just take a moment and remind you of a few things that are upcoming, uh, so that way you can have that on your schedule. Uh, on for, If you're in the Lee County area, we've got the National Day of Prayer happening the first Thursday in May. And that evening, we're going to be having family dedications uh, that evening in Bishopville, South Carolina. So if you're in Lee County for the National Day of Prayer, which is the first Thursday in May, that evening, we're going to be having family dedication. So bring your family. Uh, we're going to be rededicating our families to God. And uh, some encouragement, inspiration will be happening as well. Good morning, uh, Mr. Newkirk and Mr. Moses. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, that's on the first Thursday in May. The second thing we want to remind you of, if you're in the Charlotte or the general South Carolina area, the Daniel Center of Leadership will have its next session on June, on June 18th. Excuse me, Saturday, June 18th. Saturday, June 18th uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. More details will be forthcoming and you can check out the website thedanielcenter.org for more uh, details. Uh, thirdly, if you're in the general South Carolina area, uh, the CCFM conference will be happening uh, in June. I think it's the date, so the 22nd through the 25th. Uh, Bishop Michael Blue, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, uh, Bishop Paul Morton, and for the first time with us on June 25th, Saturday, Dr. John Maxwell. Yes, Dr. John Maxwell will be joining us for the first time uh, with the CCFM uh, leadership uh, conference uh, under the leadership of Bishop Michael A. Blue. And then in August, uh, the KFM Kingdom Fellowship of Ministries uh, conference will be happening uh, in Bennettsville, South Carolina. Bishop L. Spencer Smith, Bishop Robert Brown, Bishop Michael Blue, myself, uh, as well as some great teachers and uh, communicators, uh, Dr. Latanya Powers, uh, Tia Bre uh, Brewer Footman, uh, Virginia Springs Wallace, Virginia, Teresa Springs Wallace. So again, a lot of great stuff happening, but let's go ahead and get into uh, the content this morning. Let's pray and get in. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the men and the women who've joined. Thank you for the men and the women who are hearing it live, as well as those who will be hearing it in a rebroadcast. We give you praise for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, August 10th through 13th, thank you very much, uh, Pastor Hyman. August 10th through 13th are the dates for uh, the Kingdom Fellowship of Ministries uh, Conference in Bishop in Bennettsville, South Carolina, under the leadership of Bishop Robert Christopher Brown. Awesome. Let's go ahead and dive into what we're talking about today. I want to quote a scripture for you that's a very familiar scripture. Uh, most of us who are who've been in church for a while, we've heard it. Some of you who are listening, you may not have gone to church in a while or you may not go to, church, go to church at all and you probably haven't heard this, but I want to quote this for you. It's found in John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10 and 10 says, the thief comes not except to steal, to kill and to destroy. But then he says, but I am come, this is Jesus, that they might have life and have life more abundantly. Now, I want to begin um, our talk today speaking about the B part of that passage. The B part of that passage is what Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. 
Jesus said he wants you to have life. So if he says he wants you to have life, then that means life can't simply be what you do day to day. It can't just be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and certainly not making a plan on the song. But life can't just be waking up and what you do to go to work or what you uh, what you do with your time. Life has to be bigger than that. It has to be more than that. It has to be more profound than that because he said he wants you to have life. You can't have Monday. <laughs> You can't have Wednesday. You can't have Saturday. You, you what? You experience a Monday. You experience a Sunday. You experience a Saturday. So when Jesus is speaking about life right there, he's talking about a quality of internal experience that affects our external outcomes. A quality of internal experience that affects our internal outcome. So when Jesus said he, Jesus said he wants you to have life, he wants you to have that word in the in, in the Greek there, life, is the word zoe, and it literally means divine life. It literally means God's perspective in your heart affecting how you see the world. Listen to that. God's perspective in your heart affecting how you see the world. So you see, when you have God's perspective, which is what life really is, when you see life, when you see the world, when you see people from God's vantage point. So when you see the world from God's vantage point, you have life. When you see your family from God's vantage point, you have life. When you see your career, when you see difficulty, when you see trouble, when you see uh, opportunities, obstacles from God's perspective, you have life. Now, remember last week in our talk, we talked about the kingdom of God at its very core is what? Reality as God sees it. So when Jesus said he wants you and I to have life and have life more abundantly, amen, uh, Ms. Rory, he said he wants you to have God's perspective. And then by having God's perspective, it then affects how you see everything else in the world. And then you truly have life. And when you have life, you will then have life, what? More abundantly. This perspective that God has, this vantage point that God has, this angle that God has, that God has, the way that he sees the world, he says, now that you have that, I want you to have it more abundantly. That means, good morning, good morning, good morning. That means as you and I are having God's perspective about our family, about our career, about our relationships, about our habits, uh, etc then we will have life more abundantly. How abundant is life with your family when you're seeing your family from God's perspective? How abundant is your career when you're seeing your career from God's perspective? How abundant is your, your personal health, your personal well-being when you are seeing life from God's perspective? Good morning, Aunt Cynthia. Good morning. So I want to just kind of recap briefly for those of you who are just joining in that when Jesus said in John 10 and 10, he said he wants you to, he's came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. At the very basis of what Jesus is saying is he wants you to have God's perspective about everything. He wants to fill your heart with God's perspective. So in turn, you can then see everything in the world from God's perspective. And you're going to have an abundance of results. You're going to have a quality of results that other people aren't going to have. Not because you're better than them, 
Not because God loves you more, not because you're his special creation and nobody else matters to you, to him but you. No, the reason why you have life and have life more abundantly, the reason why things constantly improve for you, even when you go through seasons of difficulty, is because you have God's perspective. Good morning. Good morning, Aunt Cynthia. I love you as well. So number one in this talk this morning, ask yourself this question. In what areas do I not have God's perspective? Good morning, Mr. Benjamin from New York. Good morning. In what areas do I not have God's perspective? No, seriously, think about this. In what areas do I not have God's perspective? Is it my family? Is it my relationships? Is it my marriage? Is it me being my single, being a single? Is it what I do on Friday nights or Saturday nights or Sunday nights? It's what comes out of my mouth. Do I not have God's perspective about what comes out of my mouth? I mean, nowadays we've got kids who, who cuss, curse, use expletives in normal language, no conviction. I remember when I was a kid, I remember being a teenager, and yeah, I did cuss when I was a teenager. Yeah, I did. Uh, before I got saved and shortly after I got saved, I did cuss. But even when I did it, there was some, I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, and I never did it around adults. I never cussed around adults because adults would check you right? But nowadays kids cuss. They do all this kind of stuff in front of adults. Some of them in front of their parents. No conviction. No challenging. Why? Because they don't have God's perspective about what comes out of their mouth. So here is what I want you to understand. When Jesus said he wants you to have life, he wants you to have God's perspective about everything. You say, well, Marcus, how do I get God's perspective? It begins with reading and studying God's word. It begins with reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and seeing how Jesus interacted and responded and taught. Then it deals with going over to the epistles, going over and looking at the book of Romans, the book of uh, 1 Corinthians and Galatians and reading what God's, God's men spoke to us in the first century. And then going to the Old Testament and bringing all of that together with the Psalms and the Proverbs and so forth. But it begins with the Gospels. Now, you can't eliminate prayer because as you read the word and you say, well, Mark, I don't understand certain things that I read. That's why you need to what? Stop and pray and then get into a great church that teaches the word of God. Get into a great teacher. Go on. We all have smartphones, right? Download some great podcasts. Download Charles Stanley's podcast. Download uh, Tony Evans' podcast. Download Bishop Jakes' podcast. Download Marcus Benjamin's Culture Shapers' podcast. Download a podcast. Download something where you can begin to hear and understand God's word. Because if you're only hearing what the culture is saying, if you're only hearing BET, VH1, if you're only scrolling through Twitter and scrolling through Facebook, if that's the only truth, quote unquote, that you're encountering, it's going to be very hard for you to have God's perspective and in turn have God's life and have life more abundantly. Good morning. Good morning. So my final few moments today. We just talked about God said he wants you to have life and have life more abundantly. And we talked a little bit about what that means. But the first part of that verse in John 10 and 10, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That means right now the goal of the enemy is to steal from you, your family, your career, and ultimately destroy your eternity. Don't make, don't make a mistake about it. I love the world that we're living in. We have challenges. We have gross challenges, great difficulties. But I, I love being alive. I love being able to be alive in this world. But it pales in comparison to eternity. 
So I, I cannot substitute temporary success and satisfaction and happiness and, and then give over my eternity. Oscar Wilde, who was pretty raunchy in his life, pretty lascivious in his life, pretty, he basically did whatever he wanted to do uh, in his life. He actually made the statement. He said, I'm going to ignore and run away from anything that brings pain, and I'm going to pursue and run after anything that brings pleasure. And here's what he said at the end of his life. I chased pleasure and I ran away from pain. And guess what I found out? When you chase pleasure, you still run in to pain. Now here's what I'm saying. The enemy would love to deceive you with all of the trinkets, the bells and the whistles and all the glamor and the glitz of this world. And certainly we need to serve God in this world and experience joy in this world. But this world isn't all that there is. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I begin to wind down this live talk this morning, I want you to understand that Satan cannot steal from you. He cannot kill you and he cannot destroy you unless he first, here it is, deceives you. Yeah, he can't steal, he can't kill, he cannot destroy until he first deceives you. So let me ask you a question. Are you aware of how the enemy has deceived men and women in your family. Good morning, Nina. Amen, Lakeisha. So here's a question. Are you aware of how the enemy has been endeavoring to deceive your family? How has he deceived the men in your, in your family in the past? How has he deceived the women in your family in the past? Good morning, Josh. How has he deceived people who came before you? Because ladies and gentlemen, the devil has no new tricks. He only has new packaging. Did you hear that? He has no new tricks. He just has new packaging. That means it's the same old tricks repackaged for a new generation. So the beginning to understand how the enemy is working to deceive you is to ask yourself the question, how has the enemy deceived people in my family? How has he deceived my dad, my mom, my uncles, my aunts? How has he deceived people who came before me? How, what, what plan of deception has he been working? Now, number two. After we ask ourselves, what is he deceived? How has he deceived our family? The second thing we have to ask ourselves is, listen, what desires do I have that I know aren't pleasing to God? You see, this, the enemy cannot deceive you until he first used your desires against you. For if you let's, let's say you're allergic to chocolate cake. You, I mean, you just are allergic to chocolate. You eat chocolate, you break out in hives, your body swells up, you're on medication for a week, you can't go to work. Let's just say you are allergic to chocolate cake, and guess what? You know the consequences of eating chocolate cake are bad, right? The enemy's not coming at you with chocolate cake. He's not coming. I know if I could tune could be not tune if he's listening to this. You know, he has a song about chocolate cake, chocolate cake. Listen, but if you are allergic to chocolate cake and you know the consequence of chocolate cake, he's not going to send you chocolate cake. He's going to send you what you desire. That strawberry cheesecake. You see, he's going to send you that lemon meringue pie. He's going to send you your grandmother's sweet potato pie. You understand what I'm trying to say? He's going to use your desires against you. That's why we have to check our desires. In the 21st century, we live in a world, and I, I've got to get off. I've got, what, two and a half minutes. We live in a world where our desires are on front street. 
I mean, the motivational speakers, most of them, sadly, even some preachers, uh, not all of them, but many uh, prominent and visible preachers, uh, sadly, uh, I mean, the whole world is driven by what you want. Go get your stuff. Go get your stuff. Man, it's your thing. You know, it's, we've got to be careful about that because the enemy wants to use your desires against you. He wants to use my desires against me. Let me use a quick example. Let, let, let me tell you talk about desire, and I'm going to end here. Tell a quick story from my high school days. I can remember there was a, a place at Bishop High School in South Carolina called the Breezeway. It was the Breezeway. And it was the place where, uh, good morning from Nations Forward. It was a place where, you know, all the cool people hung out. You know, I mean, if you were cool on your lunch or in between classes, you went out to chill in the Breezeway, you know. And I can remember I had gotten saved. I had gotten saved, giving life to the Lord. And, you know, I remember being in the Breezeway one day as I was a sophomore in high school. And, I mean, you know, when you're in the Breezeway, girls passing by, you know, you're trying to holler at them, you know, uh, you know, rah, rah, that's right, the Breezeway, man, you know. And you're there in the breezeway, you chilling, man, and you know, you're talking with your friends and you're trying to holler at the girls, or if you girls trying to holler at the guys, that kind of thing, having fun and laughing. And I remember I remember one day I had on my I had on a boss jumper. And some of y'all remember boss. Y'all remember boss jeans and I had on a boss jumper. I had on some Chuck Taylors, blue boss jumper, blue and white Chuck Taylors. I had on uh, my Paisley shirt underneath. Good morning, Sam. Man, I'm telling you, I was chilling in the breezeway. Man, girls passing by. Now remember, I just got saved a few, a few, a few months earlier. I'm just chilling. And I can remember, I can remember, I can remember the Lord speaking up in my heart saying, So this is what life is. This is it, huh? You've arrived. You've arrived. You're chilling in a breezeway. You're chilling, calling at girls. This is it, right? This is what you're living for. Man, I remember, I, re I, mean, I remember sitting there thinking, wow, an eye-opening experience. You know, because we, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be affirmed. We all want to be validated, right? I mean, that's normal human nature. But the question is, what does that validation cost us? What does that acceptance cost us? Who are we first and foremost seeking to please? Who are we first and foremost seeking to be accepted by. I remember walking down the road the day after I gave my life to Jesus. Got, got saved at the old center in Bishopville. Some of y'all, some of my Bishopville folks on the call, you remember that place. And I remember walking down the road that day. And for the first time in my life, at the age of 14 years old, I believed that my life had value. I believed that my life mattered. I believed that I was here for a reason, because God loved me enough to save me from deception and destruction. So here's what I'm saying today in my conclusion. All of us have a story. And in the midst of that story, there is a plot. Let me, let me say it another way. There's a subplot of deception. It's not the main plot, but Satan's subplot is to deceive you. Because if he can deceive you, he can take your life off of the main plot. You see, if he can deceive you, he can take your life off the main plot. That's right, brother. He can take our lives off the main plot. 
So God, listen to this, uses men, women, experiences, and opportunities to open our eyes to God's perspective, to his perspective, so we can get off of Satan's subplot and get our lives back on God's primary plot, his plot for our lives. He's writing a story. There is a meta-narrative. There is an overarching narrative that God has for your life. And it doesn't end with deception. It doesn't end with destruction. It doesn't end with poverty. It doesn't end with sin and lasciviousness. It ends with his will being fulfilled in your life. So here's the deal as I conclude. There is a subplot that's carried along by deception. But there's a meta-narrative or a primary plot that is carried along by truth. By truth. Amen. That is carried along by truth. So let me ask you a question as I conclude today. What's your source for truth? Is it the word of God? I need to do a talk about the, the strength, the veracity, the historical validity, and, the, and the, the contemporary validity of the word of God. Another conversation for another day. But the Bible says, listen, all flesh is like grass and the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. That means the best a man can do is still one day going to blow away, going to blow away like, like, like the flower of the grass. He says the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. I'm Marcus Benjamin, and I want to thank you so very much. God bless you. I want to thank you guys so very much for taking out time on your Sunday morning to talk with me for a few moments. Listen, if you didn't get the whole message, if you didn't get the whole talk, you know, like it, share it, go back and replay it. Let this bless your feed. Let it bless your timeline. Let it bless your friends and your family because God has a meta-narrative, a major plot, but Satan has a subplot that's carried along by deception. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have life more abundantly. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every man and woman who joined live or who scrolled past and watched briefly. I pray for every person watching the rebroadcast. Lord, open their eyes to see your will for their lives. Open their eyes to see Satan's plan for deception. And Father, even more so, open their eyes to show them your your meta plot, your meta narrative, your major plan for their life. Help them see that deception is the key to Satan stealing, killing, and destroying. But truth is the way to life and life more abundantly. Help them to see you and serve you in Jesus' name. Help us all, help us all, help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, love you this morning. God bless you. Stay tuned next Sunday morning. Same time. Not the same place. We were in Hampton last week. We're in Columbia getting ready to head to Florence. We'll actually be in Lee County next week. We'll be in Bishopville next week for Super Sunday. Listen, God bless you. Love you much. Share, like, repost. Thank you for listening to the Culture Shapers podcast. Take a moment and find out more about our ministry by visiting thedanielcenter.org. Remember, you and I are not called to be made by the culture, but to shape the culture with the influence of Jesus Christ.